side, Ellinger. That was low snap. It's about the third time that's happened. A throwback. Open. Caught. Touchdown. Ingram, two catches in a row, and Texas stops Utah on fourth down, takes it right in to open up the lead. Ellinger. I don't know if that was by design, but the quarterback made it work. Straight ahead for the Texas touchdown. I feel like we just had great confidence in those first eight games. Um, we were just uh, focused, and um, as the year started going on, injuries and stuff that, like, changed our schedules and how we prepared and stuff. Uh, and I just feel like this last game, um, we took more of a vacation than really preparing for a game, and um, that really came and bite us in the butt. All right, that was Tyler Huntley. Band of the Day today is the Alan Parsons Project, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the latest tour news and artists inside at LiveNation.com. Any particular inspiration for today's band? Uh, Gordon, you picked it. Well, Austin and I were talking about things that were related to Chicago, and uh, the Bulls used to use this song. They did. And then the jazz kind of... They stole lifted. it. <laughs> yeah. They started using it, so... That's how we came to okay. the Allen All right. Parsons. Good part. times. Uh, things did not go well for the University of Utah in the Alamo Bowl, Gordon. And uh, I know you wrote a column about this as well. It's up uh, online at sltrib.com. And I thought you brought up uh, the, the most uh, relevant question, I think, what everybody's thinking about. So uh, just kind of sum up that column and the question that you propose. Well, the question was essentially, was Utah a quality team that lost its way at the end, or was it a team that was made to look better than it really was? And that's a question for, I imagine every observer of the Utes this year is asking those questions. Some people said to me, well, you were propping them up all year long. I really thought this team was good. I really did. I was convinced of it, and maybe they were, and maybe they just tailed off at the end. But I think taking in that schedule, taking into consideration what the way the Utes looked so good, the schedule did have something to do with it. It was a down year for the Pac-12, and I know Oregon shined in the Rose Bowl. By the way, did you watch that game? Yeah. Wow. What a game that was. It had every aspect of football that you could ask for. Uh, and Oregon did find a way to beat Wisconsin, but uh, down year for for the Pac-12, obviously, and I think the Utes did benefit from that. Uh, They may have betrayed themselves at the end, just like you heard there from Tyler Huntley, not really taking the bowl game as seriously as they should have, and they looked bad in that game, Jake. I I mean, I, I know they did not look good against Oregon, and that Verdell kid was breaking off those long runs and whatnot. But this against Texas, they were absolutely dominated by this team. And you can't tell me that that is a real reflection of who the Utes are. They were better than they showed. They betrayed themselves in that game. Now, they weren't as good as I thought they were, and they weren't as good as a lot of people thought they were, and they weren't as good as a lot of Utah fans thought they were who thought they deserved to be in the playoff before that Oregon loss. This team was not as good as we thought, but and it did benefit from that schedule. But, boy, I'll tell you, they they just they – just, were not 
anywhere near what we thought they were the way they played in the final two games. And obviously, when you see something at the end, then that's that's your your thought moving forward as to how you're going to hold in memory uh, what that team was. Unfortunate for the, from the, for their standpoint. I want to weigh in on your question because I thought your column was really, really good. Um, the bowl game is not going to change my perception of this Utah football team. It's just not. They didn't want to be there, and plus I think Oregon honestly broke them, and they they didn't recover. I mean, they, they just didn't. They could have, I guess, but they didn't. But isn't, the that, same isn't, problem, that, isn't that a reflection? Does that help define what a team is when, the, when they're able to be broken like that? Well, you, you throw in, you know, this was not the Super Bowl. It was yeah. the Alamo Bowl. Okay. Guys didn't play. Uh-huh. They had, you know, in, in the case of Julian Blackman, serious injuries. And, and we've seen it in bowl games throughout the years. You know, Ute fans said for years, oh, don't say that Alabama didn't want to be there. They didn't. They didn't. And it, and it had an impact on that game. Now, now shame, so on, shame on them. And Utah showed up to play. And thus, Utah's rewarded with the W. And that's how it goes. So it giveth and it taketh. But let's not pretend... That it doesn't exist because it absolutely does. Yeah, well, it sure looks like it. There's a reason that the loser of the Pac-12 title game is yet to win their bowl game. And I thought Oregon exposed some things about about Utah that we didn't see as they were romping through the dregs of the conference. Like, they really are vulnerable, vulnerable to a dual-threat quarterback. They yeah. are. That's a thing. Uh-huh. And the offensive line is—we knew it was inexperienced, and I think there was some smoke and mirrors there. And it was the absolute we found, weak point of that team. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And and they were. I heard Hans explain it on his show. And and there were other things going on. I'm not heaping all of the blame onto the offensive line, but that unit was. Uh, you put it well. Was was the weak the weak point. And as I was thinking of that point. Uh, I was thinking of something that I think it was John Wilner wrote about a year ago in Austin. I don't know if you remember this, if it was Wilner or not, but examine the slump of the Pac-12, and he focused in on the number one reason was recruiting defensive linemen, mm. that the, yeah. they haven't recruited or developed good defensive linemen, and as a result, teams have slipped. Well, we thought the Utes had taken care of that. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking that's how Utah actually has remained consistently pretty good in the league, is they always have good D linemen, but and Oregon usually has good D linemen, but the rest of the league, yeah, USC historically has had good D linemen, but I mean, Utah played against a lot of bad D lines, and so when they played against good D lines, all of a sudden it's like, oh man, that that inexperience is really is really showing itself. So, I I am mad at myself a little bit for buying into the hype too much. Because I thought that they would beat Oregon, and I was on Oregon all year you were, long. You were very uh, effusive in your praise of the Ducks, and so I've kind of done some reflection as to okay, why did I, why did I buy in so much? Because the Utes were dominating opponents, right? Right, but it, it it almost I knew that they were a good team. I knew that they were going to be a good team. I didn't think they'd be elite. Now I'll tell you what else threw me, Gordon, is Tyler Huntley was better than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe he feasted on some bad opponents too, and that was a little misleading. But I thought he he made changes to his game that I didn't expect him to make, and they were very effective. And so I I think that's part of the reason that but I talked myself into it. When the offensive line him. broke down, then then the, those strengths that we had noticed in him were no longer apparent right. because he didn't have time. He was running for his life. Yes, we used that a few times this year, and that was that was true in all three of the losses. Yep, one hundred percent. 
And meanwhile, like you said, Kyle Whittingham has always talked about dual threats quarterback, quarterbacks being his biggest fear or one of his his emphasis, the things that he was afraid of as a defensive guy. And that's what happened here. I mean, Sam ran for uh, 73 yards and a touchdown and threw for three touchdowns and 201 yards. That's uh, that's being effective in both directions. Well, listen, uh, Herbert, Justin Herbert, had hardly run the ball all year long. And then Oregon goes up against Utah in the Pac-12 title game, and he's Michael Vick out there. I mean, that's not that's not an accident. That's the that's the opposing coach seeing well, something. Well, he had a couple a of nice at, runs against Wisconsin too. In right, the Rose Bowl. And, and they kept it. And Wisconsin, by the way, kind of a similar team yeah, to Utah. I thought so that too. It, you know, that that vulnerability is real, and it's still there. And yet, that Ingram kid, he ran for 108 yards. See, and this had a is touchdown, and and this is what we were thinking. Uh, teams could not do against the Utes. We talked to that, and Austin, help help remind me, we talked to uh, a Texas guy last week who told us that they were going to establish the run, and you and I both came out of that interview going, really? No way. You'd think that they'd just be, was it Nick Bromberg? It the was. Yahoo Sports yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was really good, by the way, and, and obviously knows his stuff because they came out and wanted to run the ball. And, and Texas got that 10-0 lead, then they went up 17-zip. Next thing you know, it's 24-3. And and then the Utes stir, they have a little life, and they're coming, you know, they score the touchdown, and you think, huh, okay, two touchdowns down, maybe they can do something. And who gets the next two touchdowns? Texas. So it was... One, um, more, one more quick realization from mm-hmm. me um, with that game and actually kind of toward the, down the stretch. It, it, the evolution of Andy Ludwig has been a big story, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Since he, he left Utah and, you know, what he's picked up on the way and now he, he, he's coming back. It, I think we were reminded Ludwig's still going to Ludwig. He's going to outthink himself, like fourth and shorts and things like that. It's not going to be, you know— Well, it, it helps when you have an offensive line that can grade the road a little bit. But I— and, and giving Hans credit again here, he gave a great breakdown on that fourth and a foot or whatever it was and how they run the, the zone read and how you're four yards behind that. You know, you've got to get a foot and you're starting off the play four yards back with his weight going back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, what happened to the QB sneak? Let's, let's get that going. Or some sort of downhill run or some, some, something with a high percentage to succeed as opposed to, you know, making yourself vulnerable to a tackle for loss. Like, just o- almost outthinking the situation. And he did that before when he was at Utah. Okay, so let me ask, the, let's get to the meat of the issue here, essentially. what If the Utes had been mentally up to speed, would they have been physically dominated the way they were in that game? No, I don't think so. Not, not to say that they would have won because they were thoroughly uh, defeated in this in this outcome. But yeah, if they were more focused and prepared, I mean, we because sometimes teams teams that play weak schedules or relatively weak schedules, and then they lose in their bowl game and they lose at the end of the year. Sometimes we do define them completely or or nearly completely with that kind of ah, see, you never were really all that good. You know, and sometimes it's not true. Sometimes a team is good, but they they just fall off the cliff at the end. It happens. We've seen it happen time and time again. So that was the the, the crux of the question. Then, did the Utes just did they benefit from that easy schedule? 
and they never were as good as we thought they were? Or were they really kind of a quality team and they just lost their focus, their will, their drive at the end of the season? So that shouldn't diminish what they achieved earlier. And then the kicker and the question I was asking in my column was, which of those two scenarios, if you're a fan of the team, which of those two scenarios is worse? Um, Being good and then falling um, off at the end or just not really being all that good to begin with and not being able to follow through on account of that at the end. Which would you prefer? The latter is probably worse because at least in the former you had the – those that month where you thought you were truly elite, you were riding that high, and but you were it, in the conversation. But isn't that an indictment on a team not to not be able to follow through at the end? Uh, yeah, it is. Well, neither scenario is good, Gordon, because neither scenario ends with victory. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're picking between a, a rotten apple and a rotten egg. I mean, it's <laughs> it's neither is neither is particularly good. I sure, I I'll however take the rotten apple. I don't think I want a rotten egg. I however think about where that egg came from. <laughs> I, however, would take I, – I think Utah falls into the latter. I think they were good, not elite, and I think a lot of people tried to talk themselves into Utah being elite, and they just weren't. And that was not demonstrated in the Texas game again because I'm not – I mean – 